0: Usually during the introduction for each episode, we talk about reviews for each film. In this case, there really weren't that many. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of One Crazy Summer. re
1: re Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhoods Podcast.
2: Greetings, starfighters. Hey, welcome to Rune Childhoods. I'm Dan. Hey, Dan, how's it going? Uh, it's going all right. It's going all right here. And by you? Oh, things are good. You know, we've had some
0: uh, issues. Dan, you are uh, the the father to a a freshly born baby. So, uh, sometimes we can't record as, uh, quickly as we, as we want to be able to. And you know what? That's just the way it goes. And
2: we'll just pretend that it has more to do with the three month old than the eight year old uh, that I have also fathered. Shots Uh, fired. can, who's sometimes, uh, less predictable.
0: (laughs) Hey, I get it. I get it. But, uh, I guess it's turning out to be kind of a crazy summer for you, huh?
2: It is indeed one crazy summer here. (laughs) Um, Not the kind that will end in a regatta, unfortunately. You know, I saw
0: something recently. A friend of mine who lives in the UK posted pictures on Instagram of a regatta, and I was like hey (laughs) crazy summer
2: (laughs) and in Uh, that picture of the regatta was there one ship that is clearly like not of the level uh, of the others not of the budget of the others but but yet has the the willpower to make it through a la summer rental (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: or one crazy summer (laughs) now that you mention it um So yeah, let's talk about one crazy summer. I feel like we, we said, we said our piece about, um, about Mrs. Doubtfire and I, I will love that movie and defend it till the end of days. And now we can, uh, now we can move on
2: It's kind of how I feel about the movie. End of days. Although no,
0: uh, <laughs> So Dan, should I just go ahead and launch into a synopsis? Yeah, go yeah. Just, okay. Just go for so, it and then we'll
2: we'll do the background and, and we'll okay. everything else we need to do.
0: High school graduate Hoops joins his buddy George on a summer trip to his family's house on Nantucket so he can focus on finishing his animation piece about love for his college admission. The only problem? Hoops has never been in love. George and his Nantucket pals, the Stork Twins and Akak, encourage Hoops to go after Nantucket's hottest babe, Cookie, who seems to take a shine to him. But it's clear that Hoops has a bone with... <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? Because I was laughing at take a shining to, like reading, yeah. like, like communicating. You mean take a shine to? That's what I said, take a shine to. You said shining. Like like oh, like like I they're think, telepathically communicating. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the shine.
0: Yeah. No, uh I think that my autocorrect has done some funky things on here. So if I did say shining, uh I'm I'm going to it's uh, a really
2: interesting <laughs> twist. I'm going to try to figure out what I meant to write here. Cookie is not that interesting of a character. No, she isn't. She certainly isn't. Uh She doesn't have the shine.
0: Uh Has a but it's clear that hoops has a something with Cassandra a bone
2: well we use
0: we were something autocorrected to bone (laughs) a bone to pick no he doesn't Uh, he has a a vibe let's go with vibe
2: (laughs) yeah I mean yeah yeah they I mean go ahead this is all staying in by the way (laughs) you're mid synopsis I don't want to. Okay, Uh, let's see. Uh, Yeah, but it's clear that Hoops has a vibe with Cassandra, a local musician who is
0: fighting for the ability to buy out her deceased grandmother's boarding house before the Beckersteads can swoop in and convert it to a lobster restaurant. Not to mention that Teddy Beckerstead, the short-tempered heir of the Beckerstead fortune, is Cookie's boyfriend. But despite Hoops' efforts to help Cassandra raise the money for the mortgage, the the deed still goes to the Beckersteads. But that's when Akak comes up with a plan to force the Beckersteds' hands in a Beckersteds' hand and a lesson of pride. They decide to fix up an old boat and compete against Teddy in the annual regatta. And if they win, they could trade the trophy for the deed. But what becomes clear is that the key to winning a regatta is the friendship and trust that brings these teens together. Friendship, it, you know. Okay, so this is uh, directed by Savage Steve Holland. The, the second of the John Cusack, Savage, Savage Steve Holland movies, um, Better Off Dead being the, the first of the two. And John, John Cusack plays Hoops McCann. Demi Moore is Cassandra. Uh, we have Curtis Armstrong as Akak. Uh, the Stork twins are played by Bobcat Goldthwait and uh, Tom Villard. And Tom Villard, we've, what have we seen him in that we've covered on the show?
2: Tom Villard. Tom Villard also appeared in Oh, I'm s I am I need to I, I need to go to the internet, I forgot. Uh Greece too. Oh, wow.
1: 2.
0: that's where it was. That's yes. so funny. Uh, yeah. He was also in Shakes the Clown. Did we cover Shakes the Clown?
2: We have not covered shakes the clown. I think that
0: shakes yet. the clown came up when we were talking about quick change but maybe that's it. Uh okay, Probably. so Uh and as he's in uh, my George girl.
2: What's up? He's also in My Girl.
0: Oh My Girl. That's right. He's in My Girl. Yeah, he's in My Girl. The original. Yeah, he's one of the people in the uh the poetry class. Like kind of the hippie guy. Oh uh, yes, yes. And we have uh Joel Murray as George Calamari. And it never occurred to me that we're seeing a Murray brother playing a teenager. <laughs> also, never has anyone questioned the fact that for some reason there's this kid from like the Nantucket or New England area who mysteriously has a Chicago accent. <laughs> uh, that's just something that we all accepted at, in 1986,
2: I guess. I mean, look, it, when you're going into this movie... You you have to be prepared to expect uh, to really like l- let go. You have to disregard your disbelief. Uh, suspend suspend your disbelief. suspend your disbelief Yeah, yeah. You really we are s- all over the place today. <laughs> we really are. You have to have a bone with your disbelief. <laughs> a bone.
0: Yeah. yeah we've you also to, got, but we've you know also that- got go balding
2: Jeremy Piven as Ty. When was Jeremy Piven not balding? Jeremy Piven. I say this with Until all due respect. Hair a- plugs a yeah. a bald man myself. So Well, I'd say but this is supposed to pot- potentially be a, like a teen. Although I so I guess that was a question I had for you because I I got the impression that Teddy and his crew were like of college age. Maybe it's like the fresh maybe 20 or 21. Told. Yeah, yeah, no no no. I mean, I don't think they're in grad school, but like yeah. they seem to be a bit more, I don't want to say they seem collegiate because they don't, but they seem like frat boys. They do. They do. And,
0: and big ups to Matt Mulhern, who plays Teddy Beckerstead. You know, whenever I've watched this movie in the past, I've always thought of him as just like, ugh, it's, you know, the, the William Zapka type.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's
0: blonde and whatever, but he does something very different. And it's so funny the way he plays this character it's so comical and cartoonish, which plays well into Savage Steve Holland's, you know, vibe or bone, if you will.
2: He throws in there's like there, it's like he's dumber than a William Zabka character. He yeah. kind of he throws in this little buffoonishness to uh, to the performance. Well, he really
0: nails the like spoiled white, you know, heir to a fortune, like. I don't know, part of this family that uh, is emotionally and sometimes <laughs> physically abusive. And uh, yeah. it's, it, it definitely uh, has a a really strange, I don't know, feeling to it that, um, that he gives, that Matt Mulhern gives. And it's, I don't know, really impressive. And also Mark Metcalf, who plays his father,
2: is such a good asshole. Well, he's like I don't want to say he's the original asshole, but uh Mark Metcalf uh played Niedermeyer in National Lampoon's Animal true. House. Yeah. So, you know, like whenever they when 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 the dean needed something dirty and dastardly to be done, put Niedermeyer on. It. He's a sneaky little shit. Yeah. And then William Hickey as the uh, grandpa Teddy's grandfather. Yeah, a grandpa Beckerstead, who uh, he's William Hickey's just great. He's fantastic. No, well, I
0: was gonna say nobody smokes a cigar like that man, but I'd say that the person who he probably most is to be confused with <laughs> George Burns. Yeah, certainly yeah, okay. does uh, yeah. one ups him in that department. But um, if you think about, uh, you know, William Hickey. Especially in like Christmas Vacation, yeah, it's like notable <laughs> cigar smoking scenes in both of these movies. So um, he
2: definitely, yeah, the William Hickey performance.
0: And to think that Christmas Vacation came after this, it's maybe they, yeah, maybe they saw him in this and just like we want him to do that, but in a Christmas movie.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> who knows? Maybe, but yeah, we'll, we love William Mickey. Uh, sure. Know, pour one out, but. Uh. I mean,
0: yeah, I, I'm i going to, I'm not even going to question that one.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, we, I, we're pretty safe saying it. 1997,
0: uh, he passed away.
2: Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think his last thing was, uh, it might've been Forget Paris. I remember him as. Oh,
0: he was uh, well. He was in Prizzi's Honor, but he was also well, in Nightmare Before Christmas. He was Dr. Finkelstein.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, were, My Blue Heaven,
0: My Blue Heaven, of course. Uh, the the you pet shop owner. Ran, <laughs> but I said it better. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. Just that distinct voice. But yeah, Oh Pritzy's Honor. Damn, that's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, lots lots of classics in here. Lots of yeah. classics in his filmography. Mike yeah, I Nikki. think I think forget yeah. Paris, where he was. Uh, I I forget if he played Deborah Wingers, like father or grandfather or or Billy Crystal's, but his character was Arthur. I would I could see him more as a
0: a Deborah Winger. I don't know. I just
2: remember they had him in the car and he kept like reading. He would just read all the road signs. Hmm. Okay, going man. Denny's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so it's a really fun cast. Uh, you know, it also brings Curtis Armstrong back into the Savage Steve Holland fold as Akak, playing a, very a...
2: different type of role. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of a <laughs> a pushover, an ideasman. Um, Although that's the one that I'm like. That's the one that I think even as a kid I was like, are we supposed to believe he's like, is he playing like 14 in this? <laughs> like, are we supposed to believe that? Curtis like, Armstrong came out of the womb with a five o'clock shadow. I mean, like, oh, that, yeah, I'm, it's like, it, it, I, I don't think Moonlighting was on TV yet at that point, but like Curtis Armstrong had already been in movie college in Revenge yeah. of the Nerds and played a much more mature acting or looking teen in Risky Business. So in sure, this, he plays yeah. like Joe Flaherty's son, and, and yeah. they're probably like the same age. <laughs> probably not too far off. But yeah, it's he, the type of thing where you think he about has, it. You are like, he has a youthful spirit.
0: We never questioned this when we were kids. He has a very youthful <laughs> spirit, not. and um, he also plays a very like you know admirable character. He has a good heart, and that's something that like Curtis Armstrong was not known to be playing. Um, We have uh, Bobcat Goldthwait as Egg Stork, who is doing his, at the time, Bobcat Goldthwait thing. And I, I was just watching a trailer from One Crazy Summer, and it's Bobcat Goldthwait kind of talking you through the movie. And he's like... How's oh, so this movie with John Cusack, Demi Moore, like, doing that whole thing, and he's, like, talking about it's the really, movie. It's really,
2: really funny. <laughs> Go yeah. And <laughs>
0: yeah, and it actually, like, starts off with him doing, like, a voice of, like, a... Is it Warner Brothers that, that this movie is? Yeah. Of, like, a Warner Brothers thing, and it's, like, all wild and stuff. And it's so funny because, like, this movie... It utilizes the, the actors and the specific things that they're good at, uh, and it's almost like it's built around that, because you have John Cusack in that classic, like, 80s John Cusack vibe, the, like, Lloyd Dobler, John Cusack, like, you know,
2: puppy dog-eyed, like, Kind of lovable sweetheart. loser, but, yeah. like, he's not he's not without his skills or or talent, much like, you know, better off dead. Like he was still a really, he was an awesome, he was a good skier. Yeah. He was still a really good skier. And in this, like, he's a really great artist, uh, and draws these like, you know, really cute cartoons.
0: Yeah. And then you also have Demi Moore who was just in like St. Elmo's fire and like, Blame it on Rio like there wasn't too much Demi Moore before this about last night about last night and I am so glad that Demi Moore did this movie because if like any time after this she would never have been in a movie like this
2: it's such an interesting blip on her. Yeah. On her resume, uh, where, like, in between all of the, you know, like indecent proposals and G.I. Jane, yeah, and ghost, and a few good nothing men but trouble, nothing, yeah, I guess nothing but trouble is the other one. What did Warner Brothers have on Demi Moore? <laughs> that is a great question. <laughs> that is a really solid question. they they were like, let's see, who's a reputable actress, uh that who wouldn't be caught dead in a movie like this, that we could get in a movie like this. And they're like, well, we've got the Demi Moore file. (laughs) You know what what she was in early on that
0: I've never seen that I wanted to see is Young Doctors in Love. The Gary Marshall, like, parody movie. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. I've never Uh, seen it, though. Sean Young, Michael McKeon. Uh, It's got uh, Harry Dean Stanton, Dabney Coleman. Taylor Negron, who That's, also makes oh, an appearance.
2: In in One Crazy Summer, and yeah. also in Nothing But Trouble. <laughs> Taylor Negron. Taylor Negron. Yeah. Uh, oh, and you know what you also have in this, I'm sorry, this is really interesting. Sorry to interrupt you here, yeah. but, so you also have, because I was I was gonna ask you if you think that, like, they just told Bobcat Goldthwaite, like, just do what you've been doing in Police Academy. Right. Just do that. And you also have Billy Bird, who uh appeared yeah, in Police, police academy, academy 4 as uh, Mrs. Mrs. And Mrs. Feldman. Five, I believe.
0: And six. She's six. in six as right, a different five they're in character. Miami.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But oh, was she um, a different character in six? She was a different character in six. Oh man. What are they what are you doing to us, police academy? <laughs> I don't know. We have her signed for this, but, you know, uh, I don't know. Mrs. Feldman. Mrs. Feldman strikes again. Like, yeah, no, she's like, she's like wealthy and she's, it's, it's interesting. Oh, Oh, wait, you know what? Except I wonder maybe if it's supposed to be her character remarried. Sorry, we're digging in way too deep to Police Academy 6 right now. So uh, to get us back on, back on target here. Oh, you got Rich Hall. Comedian Rich Hall, who has been touring with Bobcat Goldthwait. Recently, Oh, really? Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure Rich Hall, who's the other gas station attendant. And speaking uh, of people named Rich, we have Rich Little as Rich, the radio DJ. Rich Little. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, man, another great uh, device of this. Uh, so this movie has a lot of, like, signs of the time in it. And one of them is the radio call-in contest. Right. Where, which is what... um Uh, what's his face, Uh, George's uncle, Uncle Frank has been waiting to win this uh, like million dollar call in contest. And yeah, I know that they do still have like radio call in things, but they're not. It's not what it once was. No. So um, did you ever you ever win any radio call in contest? No, I never did. No. Did you? You did. A few times, yeah. yeah. Um you know, uh take tickets to the to see a, a pre- preview screening of Lethal Weapon 3 in New York. <laughs> uh yeah, I think it was sold as like the New York premiere of Lethal Weapon 3, but it wasn't it wasn't like, you know, It's the, really
0: just a normal the test cast screening was, or something.
2: The cast was not there. There were a couple of people from the Z100 Z Morning Zoo that were there. So, um Right. Uh so uh, there was that I had wa- I won tickets I won concert tickets once uh and uh, like saw the strokes okay with concert tickets I won my my first DVD player Oh ac- I remember with, this yeah and it was I I had to go into New York City to the WPLJ headquarters wow one Penn Plaza to get my my big DVD player which came with a free copy of Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. Not bad. A coupon to get because this was fall nineteen ninety-nine. Mm-hmm. And it had a coupon to get a free you'd send it in and get a free copy of The Spy Who Shagged Me. Oh on, on DVD. And it also came with um like a free trial like membership for this new thing that you could do where you'd go on to a to the web to a website and you'd choose your movies and they would send you the DVDs in the mail <laughs> and then and you'd get them in the mail, and then there was no time limit. You'd send them back whenever, no fee, and the, it came with an envelope. You just sent it right back, and they had all these movies that you couldn't get at, at Blockbuster. So it was amazing, and uh, it was Netflix. Man, I I remember those days. I, I know I, was, I still have some Netflix DVDs that I never returned. I was Netflix and chilling before that was a thing, and it wasn't the thing I was doing when I was doing it. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, yes, back when Netflix was DVDs. And- I think
0: that the movie from Netflix that I never returned was Defending Your Life.
2: Oh, okay. Well, I, if you have to come at me Netflix, I've yeah, given you seriously. plenty of
0: money over the years. Don't worry.
2: Um, I I, so I actually remember the first movies I rented from Netflix. Ooh, what were they? It was the Radiohead documentary Meeting People is Easy. Mm-hmm. And uh Stanley Kubrick I I I'm pretty sure it was the the Killing, Stanley Kubrick's Uh, Not his first movie. It might have been Killer's Kiss, which was his kind of first... Like, major? That wasn't his first... Yeah, I think The Killing was, like, his first major movie. Great noir flick. Uh, And that that was, like, one of the only Kubrick's that I couldn't track down at Blockbuster. Got it. Okay. Uh, So, so anyway. So, yeah. So, uh, But Radio Call-In Contest... Um and and there were definitely people who, who would sit by their radio and they'd wait for like excessively you know, yeah when you hear the you know when when you hear uh, uh, Julian Lennon announce the call letters of the radio station be the one hundred and first caller to win one hundred and one million dollars yeah whatever yeah. Always something like that. Uh, so I love, I, I, I enjoy that Julian uh, Lennon. So, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like who's, the, who's the right person to come to mind near- here? Brian when Brian Adams <laughs> announces. Yeah, the who's available? Yeah, I don't know. Julian uh,
0: Lennon. <laughs> sure, why not? Um, Yeah. uh,
2: Well, Dan, going back
0: to um, One Crazy Summer, which I know we didn't really veer off of because we're talking about Uncle Frank and the Colin contest. But what are some of the things that you remember most about this movie? Like when you're rewatching it, where you're just like, oh, my God, I remember this
2: scene syllable for syllable. Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, Syllable for syllable. I don't know, but there definitely moments and images that i'm like oh i know they're coming um you know when george is buried in the sand and has the chair over him oh, yeah and the guy comes over and's like eating the chili and he's listening to down on the corner by the way this movie's got an awesome soundtrack the soundtrack is absolutely bananas your rhythmics uh yeah. are, are in the great uh great sequence to what would, would i lie to you um, what oh, else? I love when I lie to you. Oh, g- great yeah. use in this movie. Uh, what what else do I remember? Um, the scene, um, the scene where they where they do like the basketball challenge, and they have Akak yeah. as the hoop, and it, it's it's. Uh, what does she say? Oh, but I do know that it was the name of the company that makes mace. And oh, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so like, so there's that, there, oh, there's definite lines, like, I'm doing my laps, I'm doing, I'm doing my, my laps. laps! Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, Teddy losing the, his mind. Like, Teddy losing his mind, William Hickey at the end going, friendship, that's the real investment. Or, <laughs> like, I remember lines wow, vaguely. It's, it's Burgess Meredith plus, uh, George Burns, <laughs> I guess, is is William Hickey. Sure, why not? Yeah, that that makes sense oh man Burgess Meredith would have been great I that hope world. that the
0: three of them are like making like uh, a, a, a movie together in heaven oh
2: man <laughs> God, I would watch that I would I would I would subscribe to afterlife Netflix for that's a great idea like <laughs> after you die you should do that <laughs> create afterlife Netflix yeah <laughs> What is it like the psychic movies network? <laughs>
0: Listen, Dan, I don't know. I'm not the guy who comes up with the how to. I'm the guy that comes up with the you should do this. Yeah, <laughs> you're just the
2: guy who says you should do this. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. So that would be. Yeah, that would be fun. Oh man, the three of the three of them, just the three of them smoking cigars and cackling and like making dirty jokes. It would yeah. just be the outtakes from like grumpy old men, but with the three of them. Yeah. And it would be, and uh, wow, now I just want to watch that. I'm like, I'm pissed that it doesn't exist. Yeah,
0: you know, and it, it's really funny because, you know, when I think about growing up and watching movies like One Crazy Summer, and, you know, I, I think about, like, my daughter who watches movies, and for her, she likes movies best where there's a, like a young female character she can identify with. And certainly... Kids want to see movies with other kids like them in it. And that's not a hard and fast rule. I'm sure there are a lot of exceptions. But this is a movie where, like, I remember William Hickey's role just as much as I remember, you know, Bobcat Goldplate.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, but that's it's also, like, what we gravitated to as as kids and it was also like we didn't have all the choices like we couldn't go through all the streaming services and say no of course yeah you know hey hey Siri show me streaming options with strong female leads yeah it was like oh oh Siri is actually responding to me now uh, <laughs> um so it, it was you know it was really just like we saw one crazy summer a lot because it was on HBO yeah. a lot Anyway, I'm just going back to the scenes that we remember really sure. well. Bobcat uh, telling the story about like the the kid <laughs> that he used to pick on. Yeah,
1: he uh, beat him
2: up. <laughs> yeah, Akak. He's like, hey, why are you so fat? <laughs> akak. Uh, you know, collecting shells on the beach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of those like just scenes that uh, were there. Any that you just remembered word for word? I think that there's like certain moments and
0: that like really that, like I think about that are like in my head all of the time. And one of them, and this one is just, it's the way that Bobcat Goldthwait does this line read, but it's when he goes to the, so when they're on Nantucket, there's a movie that's being filmed about a dolphin with rabies, which is fantastic. And, the Stork twins somehow have these like jobs where they're just watching the prop truck at night. <laughs> it's like the wardrobe and prop truck at night or something. Yeah. And, uh, an Egg, Bobcat Goldthwaite's character, goes to the truck and he's on his little like moped or whatever. And he goes up to, um, Clay, his brother, and he goes, Dad needs you back at the gas station. And the way he says, like, gas station, like, always (laughs) stuck out in my head. And it's just the way that, like, Bob, like, I can't replicate it. I just absolutely can't. But, like, at gas station, like, it just comes out in this one very specific way. And, um, yeah, I think about that all
2: the time. Why don't we ever meet their father? I'd love to meet their father. Well, maybe we'll get back to that 1986. 1986, who would—I I, I know maybe we're getting in—maybe we're putting the cart before the horse here, but 1986, who would you cast as the Stork Twins' father? Ooh, that is interesting. My first
0: thought is James Cromwell. <laughs> <laughs> now— I think, I think that it... And, hey, this is a Curtis Armstrong link, too, but, like, yeah. I, I think that it's a Revenge of the Nerds. It's Lewis's... He plays Lewis's father. But I'm thinking about somebody who can have, like, the same characteristics as Clay, who's, like, tall and skinny, but right. who can clearly, like, dope it up the way that, like, Egg is. And I don't know. I think that that would be and also somebody who's like age appropriate for that time. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Because I think that like other actors who would be age appropriate in that time, uh you know the
2: ones that I think of are more like, you know, leading man territory. Yeah, like Rodney Dangerfield was someone who came to mind, but like Rodney yeah.
0: Dangerfield, I don't know if he can be sloppy enough to do that because even when he's like you know, dumbed down. He's still like put together.
2: You know what well, I mean? Yeah. I mean, sloppy. Well, I think the sloppiness that he could, I, I'm, I think of him in natural born killers. Oh, well, yeah,
0: that's a very mean, different Rodney Dangerfield.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But also just like that's, um, but I, I think that Rodney Dangerfield, especially in 86 when back to school is out is right. too big of a star. I think James Cromwell is that <laughs> that right level, and you're going f- for the same kind of audience here. So James Cromwell, or yeah, um, who else? Like 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 Harry Dean Stanton. Uh I mean, I could see Harry Dean Stanton owning a a garage and gas station. But not so, one where there's like theft and murder happening. Just a, uh, just a regular. Old I, I mean, gas Harry Station. Dean. I like it would have been interesting to see Harry Dean Stanton because it's like it's not like he never did comedy, but it would be fun to see Harry Dean Stanton play the father of these two people. Or like, and then I don't like their mother. Who would you? It's as, t- it's tough because
0: yeah. you know my my view of my like my 1986 brain, you know I was three years old and <laughs> all gro- all people that were taller than I was were adults, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, so it's it's kind of difficult to think about people that would fit into that role because if you. If I'm thinking about people who were, like, adults at that time, they're probably not too much older than, like, Bobcat Goldthwait was. Right. So... Uh, what about, like,
2: a Phyllis Diller? Like, just throwing someone like that into the mix. Yeah, or, like, a Florence Henderson,
0: you know, like... Florence I don't, Henderson, Cloris yeah. Leachman. Oh, a Cloris Leachman could
2: totally be the stork mother. I mean, Cloris Leachman, so versatile and yeah. could do just... Just about anything. So anyway. Yeah. This but, is not a but anyway. This is what we're talking about. Dan. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still
0: like on the, but, the father track because I feel like there's like my brain is like
2: really just being opened up to the the options that are out there. I'm trying to think of people from like from TV. And I'm, I'm thinking of like a Jonathan Winters. Uh, yeah. But I feel like that's too. Uh, it's not interesting. To me, James Cromwell is is more interesting. <laughs> uh, but I, I, like just thinking about different, because I feel like TV would have been. What the about place... like Norman Fell? <laughs> <laughs> I that could would see been, him. That would have been. I, I would. I would have gone for that. You I know, have... or
0: or I would have put Norman Fell in the Joe Flaherty role and put Joe Flaherty in the Stork Father role.
2: Oh,
0: yes. Because I could totally see Joe Flaherty doing that. Also,
2: he's like three years
0: older than them,
2: <laughs> like
0: tops. <laughs> well, it's the same thing with with
2: Curtis Armstrong. So, oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, there's no way. Uh, yeah, and but I feel like that age difference would make more sense with the Stork Twins. That's true. I'm actually.
0: I'm now. I'm wondering. Uh, okay, Joe Flaherty was born in 1941. Huh. Curtis Armstrong fifty-one, uh,
2: born in 53. Oh, I was guessing, totally guessing with the yeah. 51 there. 53. Yeah. So not a huge age difference. Not a huge age difference there. No. Uh, but they really
0: aged down Curtis
2: Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he shaved.
0: <laughs> he did the bare minimum. Um, yeah, this is one of those movies where, you know, The plot itself is shaky. I mean, it's a very classic, like, we have to save the blank type of thing. And you have uh, John Cusack playing what I'm assuming is, like, a, a role that's based slightly on Savage Steve Holland, who has this, like, animation background. And, you know, it's like, oh, this animator. It starts off where it's like this animator has to do a cartoon about finding love and uh, it's really the, just the, you know, it's the MacGuffin. It's the thing that gets him into Nantucket. And then, all, then all the plot stuff happens, but, um and you see it come back here and there, the, the cute and fuzzy bunnies and yeah, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's the savage Steve Holland kind of like mark on it where there's some sort of animation as, as part of it. And uh, it's, it's fun and it works for this movie. Uh this movie has a very distinct personality similarly to you know Better Off Dead where you have like the 2 dollars thing going on. I feel mm-hmm. like One Crazy Summer is so is different enough from um Oh my know. god. I, Better Off Dead. I don't know why I blanked on the name of the movie I just said a second ago. A Better Off Dead. You know, it kind of has its own identity while still being like feeling like it's part of this family. Yeah, and uh, I, I think that a lot of that credit just goes to the the cast. I mean, clearly being uh, in Nantucket is a different feel when you know, as opposed to like somewhere where there's skiing involved, um, but you still have the like.
2: You know, John Cusack's character being an illustrator, being an illustrator, but also this like kind of not even a wannabe athlete thing because it's not like he even wants to be an athlete. And there's and th- there's there's story here that that really doesn't get explored. I guess oh, with yeah. his mother wanting him to be a, like a basketball player.
0: Yeah, I I mean I don't know. Is it ever explained if hoops is his given name?
2: Uh, yes, Uh, I think he, I think he explains that that's not his.
0: See, I don't even remember that, but it's like all people ever call him is either Hoops or McCann. And, you know, once he gets to Nantucket, he makes a name for himself pretty quickly around town. Everybody knows who he is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Ty sees him at the drive and he's like, it's Cookie. And she's with McCann. And it's like, how do you know who this guy is? Like they've been going to
2: school together forever.
0: Yeah, no, not even close. Yeah, it's that
2: George McFly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. So, uh, also, I gotta say, this is one of those, like, I love seeing movies and like keeping a a list in my head of movies that take place at drive in theaters. And, uh, this this one has such a great drive in theater scene. I I just love it. So, yes, yeah, big fan of that. Great drive in um, theater scene. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really feel like this movie. Kind of just like goes under the radar, but, and, and for so many people like just haven't heard of it. And it's like, if you just want to watch something that you don't have to think during, put this on because like the less thinking you do, the better. You're going to just realize like, uh, what is, what is happening? Why are they doing this now? Oh, they just wanted to have a scene where there's a boat regatta. So they're going <laughs> gotta to have make a, it happen. Gotta have a regatta.
2: Uh, that, that and, and the scene where uh Bobcat Goldthwaite is in the monster outfit.
0: <laughs> My god, the like Godzilla outfit, well, and he's stomping all over the model of this of the, the city. Setup,
2: the setup to this is fantastic from him Like sneaking into the not being able to get out of the suit and then being in the bushes when William Hickey throws the cigar and it lands in his mouth. So now he's got smoke pouring out of his mouth and and he starts walking in this panic, just starts stomping all over the Beckerstead Estates model. And the are we to assume Japanese (laughs) uh bank officer yeah who like gets a kick out of it all it's
0: real that's probably the most well thought out part of this movie
2: it that's very well orchestrated (laughs) that okay there's that there's and here's a character we haven't talked about squid squid george's sister squid calamari squid calamari (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who's, who has this dog who, like, I think the only thing really wrong with the dog is the dog's got one of those cones over its head, so it won't, like, you know. It's got, like, a bandage on its ear or something. It's got a bandage on its ear. It's got a cone around its head, so, like, it won't lick its balls or whatever. And, uh but everyone just makes fun of this dog. I love the whole thing with the... uh uh, the crossing guard, who uh, you might recognize as Ricky's mom from Better Off Dead, uh, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, I know that voice sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, and then the whole thing with if someone slaps you—was that something? Is that something you've ever heard of outside of the context no. of this movie? Where if you're right. making it, a, if you're making a silly face to make fun of someone, and you get slapped on the back while you're making it, your face will freeze that way.
0: You know, there's always that. It's like if you make that face too long, and it's gonna stick.
2: But like the whole setup with that, and then the two girls on are with the frozen faces are dog on the ferry. from space. Yeah, <laughs> but Squid is just so like she doesn't say anything, but she just gets her revenge. Oh and yeah, and especially after and then those o- girls come back in the movie, and their faces
0: are still all messed up. That's oh great. yeah,
2: yeah. Um. And she does the thing with Taylor Negron and Rich Hall where she yeah. closes their ties into the where window. Where their ties just so
0: conveniently go inside of the car. But
2: it builds up. It builds up to, to the end when she helps them. Uh, when when she... Uh, Help is
0: on the way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Squid is on the way, man. No. When Squid gets... Uh, oh, because what's his face falls into the uh, Mr. Beckerstead, Teddy's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fall like is knocked off into the water, and he's s- trying to
0: shoot a crossbow at their sail. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, squid inside the dolphin with rabies, <laughs> uh, tips the boat so that he misses and he falls into the water and just saves the day. Squid's so wonderful, she's fantastic.
2: What a great character! Oh, yeah, I hope she's well. Yes. Yeah, don't don't know much uh, of of what that actress has done since. She's fantastic. I really appreciate her, yeah.
0: and I wish her well. That's all. Absolutely. I hope she hasn't done anything terrible. When I look her up in a minute.
2: Yeah. No, I hope she's alive and well. And, and- I hope
0: that her Wikipedia page doesn't have a controversy section. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I do the I do the controversy section check a lot. Uh yeah, I bet. But- Kristen Goals, G-O-E-L-Z. Uh, let's see. Has she done anything? Oh wow. She was in One Crazy Summer, and then the TV one episode of the show, The New Adventures of Beans Baxter. Oh. Okay. Wow. You're the only person to ever say, oh, okay, to The New Adventures of Beans Baxter, starring Jonathan Ward and Jerry Wasserman. Well,
2: I figured I could just say whatever, what everybody else is thinking is like, what? What is that? I've never heard of it. But I'm just saying, no, okay, that's good. <laughs> I'm glad she uh, you know, got some work after this.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, she has a Turner Classic Movies... Uh, page but i think it's just for one crazy summer
2: well of course it's a turner classic movie
0: okay ooh, this is definitely her senior vice president client partner at evoke in new york and i'm looking at the picture and that's that's definitely her oh that's definitely her yeah but that's oh, that's great she looks like she's thriving yeah um she was uh, endorsed by somebody named Kimberly Price on LinkedIn for something. Uh, good for her. Well, you got the Kimberly
2: Price endorsement. That's that's like yeah, the seal of approval. Absolutely. Um, just so proud of her.
0: Yeah. So yeah. she goes by Chrissy now, and um, very happy for her.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's uh, it's always a relief when 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 that's how it turns out. Yeah,
0: Evoke uh, – which is an advertising service and their, you know, tagline is health more human. Gotta appreciate that. That's just what I'm saying about what I'm reading on LinkedIn. That's
2: wonderful. Excellent. Uh, too bad we, we, we couldn't get her to uh, come on as a guest. <laughs> well, we didn't think to reach out. So. No, not at all. Not until this moment. Not until um, this very moment no We're witnessing it all. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so this is one of those uh you know uh early John Cusack, Jeremy Piven um you know one two punches. This was the first. This was the first. Was this maybe the beginning of their of their friendship?
2: No. They had been roommates previously and I think John Cusack studied at the acting school where Jeremy that Jeremy Piven's parents ran in Chicago.
0: Ah, the Pivens Institute. Yes, the Pivin Institute. Yep, the Piven Institute. The Pivens. Yeah, you got there. You got there.
2: You got there in 3. Good job. <laughs> nice. That's my Wordle score. <laughs> yeah, Pivens got Institute. it in 3. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, but and, yeah, Jeremy Pivens, you know, of course, uh his his old Jeremy I think that we
0: both just him. added an S to the end of his name. It's just Jeremy Pivin. Yeah.
2: No, yeah. Jeremy, no, it's not Jeremy Pivens. <laughs> I swear it's Jeremy Pivens. Mandela effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I would love it if there was a Jeremy Piven thing that was part of the Mandela effect. Like, no, he always had thick hair. <laughs> I remember a time when he had really thin hair.
2: No, look back. It's always been there. I swear I remember if you go back to the first season of Entourage in the credits God, I remember it says Pivens. Yeah, it says Pivens. it says Pivins it's in the first season <laughs> I listened to someone I listened to a podcast interview with someone once. I had to shut it off because they were talking about the Berenstein Bears and how Oh yeah. And and how like, no, it wasn't always it wasn't spelled S T A I N. It was yes, no, it has always been spelled that way. And you just your mind just filled in an E because it's more natural there. Yeah. 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 There's no there's no Mandela effect thing. Sorry. Yeah. Let's talk about Cassandra for a second. Oh, yeah. Oh, have we not She's talked a, about like arguably the well the I guess John Cusack arguably the biggest star in the movie, but. at the time, yeah. I I mean Demi
0: Moore, I'd say like she commits. She commits to this role. I I love the song Don't Look Back that she sings with her band at the uh at that bar. So great. Uh it's she you know, when we meet her, she's you know, gotten some money out of some bikers who are uh chasing after her who uh if Bobcat Goldthwaite wasn't eggtork, would have been the uh would stain the main person in this gang right and um, and yeah, i I don't know, like she has this kind of like uh grungy hippie vibe to her and but she's also then still like, you know. A Nantucket at a Nantucketer at heart
2: a Nantucketer at heart, and her music is very eighties like synth pop uh so the grungy folky vibe is really just
0: yeah just I think that yeah, the look I think was was off for the style of music, but it made sense for the well, type she... of person that that hoops would have been. Attracted
2: to. She's gotta be the 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 counter cookie. She's the anti-cookie.
0: Yeah, because cookie is, you know, blonde. She's shows off her body, whereas Cassandra wears like a loose clothing and has like weird braids in her hair that typically wouldn't be there. It's not super, I don't know, well kempt And she's yeah, she's kinda grungy in that way. She uh, hitchhikes. She you know. hitchhikes, she's kind of a badass. One of the things that I found peculiar in my last watch is that I and I forget exactly why it happens, but she they pick her up on the way to Nantucket and like save her from these biker guys. And then she's like instantly just like buddies with them all, like instantly George, who's like driving the car, like does or says something and she like they all kind of like. Go like George and just kind of like hit at him, and she does it too. And I'm just like, huh? Okay, she's already that comfortable with them to do all
2: that, so that's great. Well, she and Hoops have some bonding time on the on the. They all bond on the ferry, right? Yeah, I think this was pre-ferry though. Anyway, Maybe.
0: oh anyway. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, I think I know. I think I. It's like know. right when they get in the Cause, car because he like does the jump onto the. F- ferry, like the, in the car, like, I think it's
0: before that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um it's
0: a fascinating movie. Well, I guess I though, love, I
2: love the, the boat repair montage. The boat repair montage is fantastic, but wait, hold on a second. So do we think that maybe if Cassandra and George both, if not grew up on Nantucket, like spent a lot of time on Nantucket, um, at their grandparents' places, uh, that <laughs> maybe they did know each other. You know, well, Dan,
0: I once knew a man from Nantucket. <laughs> never mind. Oh,
2: uh, yeah. I, I, uh, maybe, but they never this. They never say that. Well, also, like it wasn't until this most recent viewing that I realized that. Oh, she probably like I didn't think that she lived there. I thought that like she came back. That's because what I was thinking
0: too. Yeah, to save her grandmother's house. Her grandfather, right? Is there a grandfather? Grand- I don't remember. Was I her thought grand- it was grandmother. Anyway, was, yeah. Somebody Doesn't who matter. just died. A grandparent who died. Yes. And I think it was like a boarding house. It was like a house where people could
2: stay for, that for old folks. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a yeah, the boarding boarding home for seniors. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's grandfather's. A, okay. Grandfather's. I'm so sorry. I mischaracterized the experience of Cassandra Eldridge. Yeah, I mean
2: it's just a whole alternate timeline now.
0: Ooh, uh, one crazy summer into the summer-verse.
2: in the the multiverse, the savage the savage. The multiverse verse, of, the savage of savage summer. Savage Steve Holland verse. I'd, I'd be guess. down
0: to get involved in that
2: multiverse. Well, you know what though, that it, it kind of brings us to uh the the what would you do here? What 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 would you do? Well, what what what, what I do is and, uh I I'm I'm just going to say uh you know Steve Holland uh from from here on. Um so it, that uh, All right. He's he's kind of moved on. Like he's not he's not making films anymore. We talked about it. He did with a lot of like Nickelodeon death. shows, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't I think know. with the with I think with uh, Dan Schneider,
0: who does have a controversy section on his oh, Wikipedia page, yes, yes <laughs> a very he does. long one.
2: Yes, he does. Uh, but that's we won't need to discuss that right now. Uh, so anyway, what I would love to see is kind of an animated series. That is based on that, maybe incorporates the characters from Better Off Dead, um, you know, One Crazy Summer, How I Got Into College, which was the the third right. Steve Holland film from '89. Who was in and, that one? Uh, uh, I think Lara Flynn Boyle is might be the only name that I remember, and I'm not even 100% gotcha. sure that she's in it. Uh, I yes, don't... she
0: is. Uh, Corey Parker, Lara Flynn Boyle, Anthony Edwards, uh, Charles Rocket's in that one from uh, Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh, right. Yes. Brian Doyle Murray, Tom so... Kenny,
2: Philip Baker Hall. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Bill I'm Hartman, thinking. Nora Dunn, sorry. I'm thinking like an animated series that carries the spirit of these and i would probably center it around like the one crazy summer world because i think it's just the most uh i think it lends itself the most to uh to a type of animated series where you would have these characters coming together in different Things Because you could think of the, uh, you know, the group like George, uh, Hoops, Akak, Cassandra as kind of like a like a, sco- a Scooby gang um, <laughs> and where they have to, you know, all these these different things are happening and they have to solve them. Uh, but that mean old Mr. Beckerstead and his obnoxious son, Teddy, are always like I'm just imagining like an animated teddy beckerstead being like i have to do my laps Uh um you know like the scene there's that scene in one crazy summer where all the lobsters are in the pool and they uh, you know attack teddy and and cookie uh, because apparently you can't see lobsters in your swimming pool so strange Uh, uh so strange there are so many, like, the, I'm imagining, like, animated stork twins. And, like, look, if you could get Bobcat Goldthwait to come back and do that character, uh, that would be great. It's also probably not going to happen ever. But if you could at least get his blessing to have, like, somebody else kind of take over the character and yeah. do that thing that he did. And I think of it in the style almost of it. For some reason, as I was thinking about like, what would the style of this be? The clerks animated series came to mind. Oh, okay. Interesting. And I was just, I was thinking like, it would be a fun, like, like classic style animated series. And it could be the type of thing that you would see on like adult swim. Yeah. Uh, y- you know, more, I guess, teen or college-aged geared thing, something to appeal, something that's not just, like, 80s nostalgia, like, hey, we're going to make this, like, an 80s cartoon, and, like, we're going to make this cartoon for the people who loved One Crazy Summer, but maybe to get... I think this is how you get a new generation into these, like, these stories and these characters and this type of humor, because I don't think the live-action comedy of this type works anymore right. I don't know I, I just can't I can't it doesn't seem to fit in 2022 you in know that, Dan in that let form. me s- I'm gonna see if I can try
0: to like take what you're saying and articulate it in a way that's kind of going through my mind where in 1986, when you have characters acting in this particular type of way, in 2022, you have comedic actors of that age or like younger uh, representing the age that they probably were supposed to be more like emulating the types of comedic actors from the 80s and 90s people like Jim Carrey or uh, to a certain extent Bobcat Goldthwait. I don't think that it's necessarily Bobcat Goldthwait, but people who act over the top and showy in a very different way rather than defining their own style of wacky. Do you know what I mean? I
2: I do. I'm not sure that I, I know what you mean. I just I I honestly I can't think of any good examples of comedy that's done like this other than and it's like the the examples that i can think of are like the like wet hot crazy summer uh wet hot american summer wet wet hot american summer <laughs> wet hot american summer um not not the movie necessarily but the series oh yeah the, the 10 years later series that they that they did um, you know, it's like, that's... or the
0: first day of, or the first day of camp. Oh, the
2: first day, that's the one, that's yeah. the one that I'm thinking of. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, that's, but it's not that. Yeah. And I think what I would want in a, in a, in a reboot is that type of humor and in animated form, it can be surreal and it can you can have things you could have the radio call in contest. I think like if you had a live action movie, the, uh, today's audiences, especially the the demographic that this is going for, which is basically like 10 to 13 year old boys. Yeah. Um, it, it, I I don't think that, they're, you know, we live in a world of Rick and Morty. Uh, mm. You know, we live. We live in a world of like. I- I'm trying to think of like what the live action comedies are that kids are into now. I can't think of anything.
0: I I really don't know. I I live action is a tough one. I- you know, there's definitely. I feel like the the age of like the Nickelodeon show has kind of passed a little bit. Uh, I don't know what there really is anymore for kids like in that 10 to 13 age
2: range. Yeah. Like SpongeBob. like they're like it's still like SpongeBob. I they still talk about it. They do.
0: We sound like two two old people right now. We're like I don't even know what the kids
2: are into these days. Well, no, that's the thing is like I do, but I can't think like I can't think of something like this that no, 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 that like in today's landscape, except for an anim- animated series, like Rick and something yeah. like Rick and Morty might honestly be the closest thing that the, like that generation has to this. So I think an animated, like, I don't want to say like the world of Steve Holland um, cause honestly, he might not even be like, it, it, I don't know that he would even necessarily need to be connected to it, but I don't think it would be hard to find writers who are right. First of all, writers and animators who were inspired by, by these movies, one, especially one yeah. crazy summer, better off dead. So why wouldn't you like channel the energy into that? Take these, like the surreal. I think of all of the things that happen in one crazy summer, and imagine it in this animated form, and it works yeah. for me. So, well, I mean, if you think about the a lot of the characters in One Crazy
0: Summer, they are cartoon characters. Teddy's a cartoon oh. character. The Stork Twins are cartoon characters. Uh, You know, Squid is a cartoon character, or Dog is a cartoon character. Uh, George is
2: a cartoon character. George is,
0: you know, kind of where things start to blend into human, but he's uh, very much a cartoon Ak-ak character.
2: Akak, and Akak's father. Yeah. Old
0: man Beckerstead. Yeah, they're cartoon characters. The The whole Beckerstead family. Uh, Grandma Calamari is a cartoon character. Like Totally. The gas station
2: attendants. <laughs> and the great thing is you could have all of these characters in it, and it wouldn't... You know, you you could have actors emulate those, these performances without, you know, like William, like we could still have an old man Beckerstead without having William Hickey. And we could have one that we accept because if the voice is close enough and it doesn't have to be someone doing William Hickey, they could be doing Burgess Meredith (laughs) and (laughs) You know, I, I that's so that I, that's where it goes, and I thought about a lot of different uh, possibilities here, and I, I mean, imagine like what if every season of this animated series ended in a regatta? Like, come on, <laughs> uh, you know,
0: Dan, uh, as you're talking about this, it's kind of making me wonder if this entire movie is kind of in the imagination animated world of Hoops McCann. (laughs) This is his love story where he and Cassandra are really the only two characters that are not cartoon characters and everybody else. I mean, even Ty, Jeremy Piven's character. And I say that uh, P-I-V-E-N apostrophe S character, uh, you know, is very cartoon character. Like he is... You know, funny. Uh, Yeah, so it's kind of he's kind of makes you think if like there's it's kind of crossing over into his world of animation in the in the way that these characters are described. And you know, uh, the what I was thinking of for this because this was a really tough one for me because it's such a specific kind of movie and it's it's one that is not well known. Uh, I think that it's one that, like, if you know it, you totally know it. You don't really forget it. But um, it's not one that most people are super familiar with. And it's it kind of is its own strange thing. And, you know, a lot of people know Better Off Dead. And then once you tell them about this, maybe they'll be like, yeah, I remember something like that. Or if they're, like, just big John Cusack fans and they're completionists of his work and they might re- recognize it but it's so different from you know a lot of his other work that it's just this it's othered in a lot of ways and um I was thinking at one point of like you know what if there could be a way to tell the story of this summer from different characters' perspectives, but it's just not that kind of movie. It's not that kind of story that that people are so familiar with.
2: It's not like you could do, what are you you doing? (laughs) Sorry, but you described that and it just made me think, Robert Altman's One Crazy Summer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I watched the shit out of that. Like remake it in the style of Nashville.
0: (laughs) I would love that. That's great. No, but it's like no one's clamoring for like Joe Flaherty's character's point of view of like this entire summer. You know, that's just not anything that anybody wants. So uh, one thing that I was thinking of is like, well, what do you do with these movies that are so specific and so just like they're pretty obscure? They're kind of like just on the border of like obscurity and... Mainstream, you know, it's like it's got all of these people in it that could make it mainstream, but it's just too weird for it to be mainstream. And I know that there's a lot of other movies that are like this. And what if you did something with all of those types of movies that are just too weird to be mainstream? And I also put movies into that category like uh, UHF, you UHF.
2: know, H- like uh, it's Transmaking
0: got- Six, 5000, 5, yeah. Jeff Goldblum, uh, Gina Davis, it's got such a great, incredible cast. And then, uh, you know, something like UHF, it's got Fran Drescher. It does have Weird Al, who is just, you know, forever amazing. But for some reason, they just, like, didn't transcend out of their, like, kind of cult status. And uh, I feel like there needs to be some way to honor these but not to like remake them, not to make an, a series out of them, or to do like an animated thing of them, because I think that that takes away from the things that make it make them all so unique. And that's where I was thinking, like a series of board games that are centered around the plots of these movies, and you have each person, the you know, it's a bunch of the characters are like the pieces, and it's like an old school style board game like uh, Life or something like that, where, you know, you move the spaces. It's, you know, uh, I feel like there's room for something like that in this. And, you know, if it's one where there's like cards that you pick up, they they reference the, you know, the aspects of the movie. And to have like a series of these obscure movies in board game form, I think would appeal to, the types of people who are probably into these movies, it's like a collector's item for people who are probably into collecting shit. And it's like, you're, you're kind of there for the weirdos to have fun with them. (laughs) And, you know, it's not something that would cost a lot of money to produce. And, you know, I don't know, I think that there's a, a
2: world for that. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Uh, no, no, I I would be interested. I'm I'm imagining it. I'm imagining like the boxes. For some reason, it's it's Transylvania six five thousand is like the one that I'm imagining.
0: Transylvania six
2: five thousand. It's like if you want to have random shit in the background while you're on a Zoom call, like <laughs> that's what yeah. you get. Like when CNN interviews me, that's what I want to have behind me. <laughs> is yeah. the Transylvania 65000 board game. So Yeah, and honestly, it's
0: like it, it, they the the less complicated the better for something like that. They can be very formulaic, but just fun to play because you know that you're doing something having to do with this like weird obscure cult movie that has so many things that would that should make it mainstream but just aren't. And uh yeah, I don't know. It, this was a really hard one for me though, uh, because I really tried to find a way to, like, have some sort of movie or TV thing, and nothing just really sat with me that well.
2: No. So, yeah, no, I'm imagining. So would the One Crazy Summer board game have, like, a spinner or dice or a pop bubble? matic uh... bubble? Uh, I think that it would be dice and
0: cards. Um. Yeah, I think that would be the way to do it. I, I haven't like figured out exactly what the game how it functions
2: oh no i'm just i'm like well i imagine like to like to win the game you have to win the regatta oh well i mean that's just kind of where you are on the, but is that, on the that's board. like yeah but that's where you are so like maybe you get a you get a card and it's like oh like you just put teddy's uh who is it uh corvette lamborghini or ferrari or something maserati yeah yeah.
0: congratulations you just got uh you just chainsawed teddy's car in half and got his engine
2: "Uh uh-oh dad needs you back at the gas station (laughs) move back five (laughs) spaces
0: yeah uh uh-oh you can't get out of the godzilla suit yeah stuff like that Uh uh-oh teddy has challenged you to a basketball free throw competition
2: Actually, uh, I, I want like a twist on Monopoly could potentially work for the Beckerstead Estates. Beckerstead Estates. It's
0: Nantucket Opoly, which I'm sure exists. Yeah. They make all of those Opolies.
2: Yep. Oh, all of them. Yeah. I, we were at Target the other day and with Chloe, and she was and my eight year old daughter here who, who was like, they make an Animal Crossing Monopoly?
0: <laughs> yeah they have one for our hometown they have one for everything i'm sure that the uh the opoly structure is uh fair use so it's a that's domain. why you, yeah that's why you just see everything
2: yeah, yeah yeah so yeah a uh one crazy summer is but combining even like combining something like that and you know like you could buy the stork's gas station you could buy the 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 movie. You could invest in the movie. And the yeah, Fo- was it foam? Is that what it's called? Was it called foam? I can't foam remember. Two or something like that. Uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of fun. There's the place where the dew drop in. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like oh, you pick a card. Like congratulations, you raised five thousand dollars. From yeah. your concert at the Dewdrop Inn. Yeah. The the bank can't foreclose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it sounds like, sorry, you know, it's like to get into these ideas, I have to kind of imagine what it would be like and I have to see it now. I'm okay, like... Dan, clear your mind for a second. I come to your house.
0: In my hand is a One Crazy Summer board game. How quickly until we are playing
2: that? We're already playing it.
0: We're already playing it. That's what I'm saying. Like, you don't even have to know what the gameplay is like or anything about it. You know everything you need to
2: know. Oh, no. I just, I like imagining the the possibilities. Sure. But the fact
0: that it even would exist at all.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's all I'm saying. It's the type of thing I would see at a mall and probably never buy. So. Really? You think that? Because I, I... I would see it and I'd be like, I've got to get that for Dan. Well, yeah, that's why I wouldn't buy it because you would probably, (laughs) because I would get it for you. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's the type of thing where I'm, where, you know, it's, I'm like, uh, this board game or diapers for the baby. Hmm.
0: I don't understand why you can't get both.
2: I, you know what, you're right. You're
0: right. Okay. So, uh, to our dear listeners, if you, have seen One Crazy Summer and you have an idea for it, shoot us an email ruinedchildhoodspod at gmail.com. If you have
2: not seen it, you got to check it out. What is it streaming on? Was it on yeah, stars? It was on stars. And uh, if you have Canopy uh, via your local public library, a uh, free streaming service with your library card. Uh, It is at least was streaming on Canopy as of a few days ago. So if uh, if you have to choose between a beloved board game and a Stars subscription, but you want to watch one crazy summer, have no fear. You can you can check it out on Canopy.
0: Yeah, it's a really fun. uh, It's a really fun movie. It's completely wacky. Don't take it too seriously and just enjoy yourself. But
2: um, good summer movie.
0: Yeah, we, we encourage you all to let us know your thoughts. Ruinchildhoodspot at gmail.com, all of our socials and all that kind of stuff is in our episode description on a link tree. And Dan, do you want to tell everybody what we are covering on our next episode?
2: Yeah, so we're, you know, gonna kind of keep going with uh summer movies and not necessarily movies about summer, but movies that came out during the summer blockbuster season uh this was a movie that came out during the 1994 summer movie season which was jam packed with with blockbuster hits um and this one was a, a highly anticipated uh movie that came out that that summer uh, directed by Mike Nichols, starring Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer, James Spader, Kate Nelligan, Christopher Plummer. It is Wolf. So, and we're doing, we're going to do something a little fun with with this because we're. I think our main focus is going to be Wolf, nineteen ninety four yeah. is Wolf, but uh, I, we're also going to, you know definitely mentioned some other because it joins the genre of the werewolf film and uh we're going to talk about some other ones uh most i would say most notably the 2010 remake of the wolfman uh, starring benicio del toro emily blunt anthony hopkins another one that i remember being highly anticipated yeah this one wasn't a summer movie though Did I say summer movie? I just said highly anticipated. I remember
0: there being hype
2: around it. It was hype around it. I think because for a long, it was it was like rumored for a long time, and like it was going to happen because it was like Benicio del Toro. Of course, we have to do a Wolfman movie. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) he was the
0: Wolfman in uh, Big Top Pee Wee.
2: Yeah, uh, dog faced boy. Dog-faced blah, but but same blah, thing blah. same thing it was the it was the screen test for for this <laughs> wolfman movie um directed by Joe Johnston uh and uh, Hugo weaving also uh, also all right here. so can't wait uh, so we'll we'll talk about that we'll yeah I'm sure' we'll, uh, American werewolf in London will, will come up uh, what are your favorite werewolf movies uh email us at ruined at gmail.com let us know um, what what your favorite werewolf flicks are and uh, you know we'll, we'll get them in there I'll, but yeah I'll
0: tell you this Dan in my favorite werewolf movie the wolfman's got nards <laughs> I'll tell you that much well Dan as you are racing against the boat in the regatta I wish you a good journey good journey
1: oh, ouch, ouch. get your towels ready it's about to go down Everybody in the place, hit the O.P. deck, but stay on your mother f***ed We running this, let's go. I'm on a boat, I'm on a boat, everybody look at me cause I'm sailing on a boat. I'm on a boat, I'm on a boat, take a good hard look at the mother boat. boat. I'm on a boat, mother f***ing, oh take a look at me, straight floating on a boat, on the deep blue sea, busting fire can't stop me because uh, uh, I'm on a boat. Picture trick, I'm on a boat. And we drinking Santana Champ because it's so crisp. I got my swim trunks and my flippin' floppies. I'm flipping burgers, you at go straight, flippin' cabin I'm riding on a dolphin, doing flips and The sh- dolphin splashing, getting everybody away. But this ain't sea world, this is real as it gets. I'm on a boat, motherfucker. don't you ever forget. I'm on a boat. Show not me, oh.